And I looked up and I was kind of like, where are the horses? Welcome to the Still Christian Podcast, where we retrace our steps through evangelical culture, finding a new way forward without abandoning our faith. I'm Katie. I'm Sarah. And we're Still Christian. This week, we're talking about being saved and stuff. So Katie, I would like to hear, first of all, are you saved? Um, I do believe I'm saved at long last. And I would like to hear, I, I've heard a rumor that you have gotten saved more than once. And so I want to know I have, yes. how many saves do you need to be a good Christian girl? At least six, Sarah. And let me tell you why. Um, no, really. I have probably been saved more times than you. And I hope you don't feel hurt about it. But I'm a little hurt. I, it's fine. Um, when I was in elementary school, uh, no, actually, I'd say more middle school and high school, I went to a sort of toxic Christian school that was affiliated with a toxic Christian church. Um, and the messages I often received in chapel and then at services at that church when I went to their youth group was that um, they just sowed a lot of doubt about whether you were in or out. I felt induced to go down and like invite God into my heart again. Anytime I felt any doubt as to my relationship with him, or if I had been good enough. And I think the thing that was so harmful about it, looking back is that it was fear induced instead of, um, love induced. So being pushed by fear towards the altar versus led or invited by love. I'd love um, to hear what you learned about what you thought about salvation growing up or what you heard about it in church. Well, the first thing that comes to mind with the phrase being saved, which I think we should unpack, un- unpack what that is a little bit more. Um, but the first thing that comes to mind is when I heard it for the first time, I was at a Christian summer camp and I don't know why, I don't know if someone told me this, but I just like had this vision that, or I, I guess I thought I would have a vision of like this, like glorious, majestic stampede of white horses bursting into the room. And so I think wow. I like closed my eyes with my <laughs> camp counselor, repeated the words after her. And then I looked up and I was kind of like, where are the horses? You know, but what <laughs> I did find was my friend who was like just outside the door in a hallway and she was crying because she was so happy that I had quote unquote gotten saved. And I was like, well, but like, where are the horses? You know, it's true. And you're so, still looking for the horses, arguably. I am. I really am. It's kind of beautiful in a sad, strange way. This is really sad and very strange. So uh, what is being saved? Who told you about what being saved meant and how did they define it? Well, I guess for the purposes of like this talk to define it, it's just someone who wasn't a Christian or who didn't believe in the gospel, which Mm -hmm. is that we are sinners in need of a savior because we were originally designed, we were um, created to be with God, but then sin got in the way of that. And we choose sin all the time. I could just maybe say too much about this. So I think maybe you should interrupt and cut me off. (laughs) No, I am going to, because like, actually, like, I don't know. The problem is I don't think every Christian agrees on what the gospel is. Well, that's like, what what is the good news? Like personally, I used to think that it was the gospel was about saving me from big, bad sin and like saving me from the evil in me. And now I almost 
think of it more as like the gospel is an invitation into freedom and into becoming the person that I was always intended to be. So it's not appeasing God. It's more like receiving communion with him as it was restoration. Yeah. Restoration. restoration. And also like, I think about it a lot in terms of healing too, like a a Mm -hmm. restoration or shalom, the Hebrew word shalom, like Mm -hmm. what was broken being fully made right or a sense of like wholeness and completeness. And I would say human choice was involved in whatever distance was put up between um, humans and God. But how you talk about that choice, I think is also a really complicated part of what it means to Mm -hmm. quote unquote be saved. So Mm -hmm. that's another layer is like, how do you define the gospel? Yeah. And I think, I think it is important that we arrive at a definition, you know, just for like a working definition for the purposes of this conversation. Mm -hmm. Cause if, if we don't agree on that, you know, the rest of what we say is not going to be relevant, (laughs) but what do we say? Basically we're sinful. We need God, not just because we're sinful, but because like that was Mm -hmm. the original design and that's what's best for us. What's most fulfilling, um, Mm -hmm. restorative and that Jesus, well, that we, someone has to pay the penalty for the sin. We cannot because we just, we're just too bad. (laughs) Didn't mean for that to sound (laughs) inauthentic. I don't know if we can make this episode. Maybe we should back up to what is being saved. So what is being saved? That's a loaded question, but for the sake of this episode and simplicity, let's say, let's define being saved as recognizing that you are a sinner in need of a savior. That feels cliche coming out of my mouth, but it also feels true that Jesus is the only one because he is perfect and he is also God and well, perfect man is God, man, man, God, you get it. Yep. And what did I miss? Sinner in need of a savior. Mm. Jesus is the only one that can do it. Um, and believing that Jesus died end. on the, yeah. well, believing Jesus died on the cross and rose again to defeat death. Great. I'd say that's being saved in a nutshell, but I think we could talk for a long time and go very spirally about all of that. But anyway, let me use that as kind of a jumping point to talk about something I wanted to highlight in this episode. When I first heard about being saved, I mentioned that I heard this in a Christian camp yes. and It was an evangelical Christian camp, not affiliated with a specific denomination. And Mm -hmm. to be fair, and this is like a lot of things in my life there, I got so many wonderful things from going to that camp. And some of the things I talk about today might highlight like the negative side of it, but um, that's not to, you know, slander that place or not appreciate the gifts that God gave me through that place because it really was life-changing to go there in a good way. But anyway, when I first heard about being saved, asking Jesus into my heart. I heard it at that place. That was really my first exposure to Christianity. And prior to that, well, maybe I shouldn't say that that was my first exposure to Christianity because I grew up Catholic and I'm not trying to say Catholics aren't Christians, you know, but I had grown up Catholic, went to CCD, did the sacraments. My great aunt was a nun. Um, what is CCD? Oh, I'm sorry. I said that for my Catholic sisters. Just kidding. Yeah. I'm not a nun. Um, actually, I don't know what it stands for. I need to look that what? up. But it's what is- uh, probably like Catholic catechism 
didactic. I don't Got know. It. It's no, it's Sunday great. school. It's Sunday school for Catholics. CZD. Okay. And uh, so when I went to this camp and they were like, you need to be saved. You've never been saved. Well, then obviously you need to be saved. Like, mm. you know, that's, that's yeah. how you know if you need to be saved, if you've never done it, or if you've only done it five times, then obviously you <laughs> need to do it again. Not six. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> you know, also kind of that, I feel like insinuated to me, well, if I haven't done it before, then I'm not a Christian. And if I'm not a Christian, then I'm going to hell. And so all the Catholics I know, my mom, my dad, my sisters, all my extended family are obviously going to hell because they haven't gotten saved. And I remember having a conversation with my mom that like when she was a kid, she went to, I think she went to like a Baptist day camp. And I was like, oh, thank God, because that means they probably talked about being saved. And so probably like when she was seven years old, she said the prayer. So whew, my mom is good to go, but the rest of my family, you know, it's just not good. So being yeah. in this Christian place where being saved was like the hot phrase, you know, I felt very different from other people because I'd never heard of it before. Mm-hmm. It was a whole new culture. I had a lot of mixed feelings about everyone, but especially Catholics, because that's, you know, what my family was also a little mm-hmm maybe a little resentful because I felt so unprepared. You know, I felt really awkward. Yeah. And I'm like, why didn't my family tell me about this? Also, when I got saved on Friday of that week of camp, my mom came and picked me up. I told her, mom, I got saved. And she was like, well, we don't really do that because we're Catholic. And I was just so shut down <laughs> because, you know, my friend was crying outside the Aww. door that I got saved. And it was this whole thing. And it was just so weird and confusing. And even in that, you know, I thought like, oh, I guess I'm a Christian now. So I got to learn how to do Christian things. So my one friend always started her prayers. Lord, I pray just like that in that tone of voice and (laughs) speed and tempo, whatever. And so I started praying that way. Lord, I pray. What else? Oh, raising hands in worship. Learn somewhere. Right. And it was just like, it wasn't even, you know, I was, to be fair, I was learning a lot about the Bible and growing spiritually at some point. I wouldn't say specifically from that one summer of saying that prayer, but it did come in time. (laughs) Yeah. But really I was like, well, I've said the prayer. Now I need to pray this way. I need to raise my hands in worship. I need to say, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, instead of, oh my God. Although I'm not sure I was saying that before because I was Catholic, Catholic, you know, there was just like a lot, a lot of like copycatting because now I needed to fit in because I had recited this quote unquote prayer. Can I, can I give you a positive spin on that real quick? Sure. Okay. I think copycatting, I'm thinking about kids and parents and that's how we learn kids copycat their parents until they're able to do it on their own and choose for themselves. And so I'm wondering if, I mean, cause I did the same thing. Like I did, I copied Christians who I thought were more mature than me and they probably were. Um, and I, I mimicked what I thought it looked like to be a good Christian, which was like, yeah, raising your hands for like every song and closing your mm-hmm. eyes and stuff like that. But eventually, you know, it got to a place where I was able to kind of discern for myself when, or if I wanted to do that. But I do know well, the feeling of comparing yourself to other Christians and thinking if I'm not doing that, then I'm not a good Christian. For sure. And I think that's the thing that to this day, you know, this, me going to this Christian Mm -hmm. camp at this point was 20 years ago. And I would say maybe in the past 10 years, but probably even less like five, maybe Mm -hmm. seven years. um, I've come to terms with the fact that I'm not comfortable raising my hands in worship. And like, 
that's okay. You know, it's just not the way that I express my relationship (laughs) with God, but for a long time, I felt guilty about that. Even now, sometimes I'm like, what do I do with my hands? And I feel a little awkward and a little guilty because for Mm -hmm. so long, that was what it meant to be, not just to be a good Christian, but like to have a strong relationship with God, to be, you're going to love this on fire for God. I do love this. I knew you would. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Um, but anyway, that was, I kind of, I kind of (laughs) took that into my whole, this is the first time I got saved. So tell me more. You said that you've gotten saved six times. What do you remember most? Like, do you remember the first time? I do. And I think the first time is actually, um, and I hate this language, really hate it, but the time that stuck, I think that's kind Mm -hmm. of all I needed. So I remember being five or six and in Sunday school at an evangelical church. And I, I think that morning, you know, it was a Sunday that I quote unquote got saved, but the Sunday school teacher was talking about just very simply asking Jesus into your heart. And so later that night I was lying in bed and I remember being afraid of the dark and staring at the ceiling with my covers, like pulled up to my eyelids because I was so afraid um, and getting very sweaty under the covers and it was a mess. But I felt in that moment, like it was a mess, sweaty kid, so much (laughs) sweat. (laughs) Um, I felt like prompted in that moment to ask Jesus into my heart. And I did, like, I just remember staring at the ceiling and saying, Jesus, will you come into my heart? And I did feel peace. And there, so it felt like there's this really true conversion moment. And I think the contrast between how afraid I was before I prayed and how calm I was after I prayed and happy I was made the, made it feel really real and true to me. And so the next week in church, um, I think my parents had told the youth pastor that I had asked Jesus into my heart. And I remember him kneeling down in front of me saying, and he was like, he was a great guy, but saying like, are you sure? Like, what exactly did you pray? And, you know, just like checking in to make sure Mm. I had done everything right. And I, I honestly think that is what sowed doubt in my mind where to where as a middle schooler and high schooler in a different church, different area of the country, different beliefs being preached at me. I got saved more times or I responded to the invitation to know Jesus more times because it felt like the first time for the adults in my life, the spiritual authorities in my life, it wasn't, it was maybe not good enough or it was called Mm -hmm. into question. So that's the first time I got saved. Can I ask you something? Yeah. Um, first of all, that's really interesting. And I think I have been that adult to children sometimes because I, Mm went back and I was a camp counselor for years at that camp. But one thing I want to ask you, and one more thing I want to talk about is rededicating your life. Cause that was like a big thing too. I feel like growing up, Yeah. but the thing I want to ask you is, can you define, I did my best to define being saved. Can you define asking Jesus into your heart? And also tell me today, what do you think about that phrase? I think asking Jesus into my heart was more explained to me as a prayer of acknowledgement of my sin and a desire to instead live life with and for Jesus. And it was to be prayed in a like kind of a prayer. Cause I remember leading other friends to Jesus just by praying, having them like repeat a prayer after me. And so it was a little bit less about originally in Sunday school about not going to hell and a little bit more about it's a good idea to ask Jesus into your heart. You can live life with Jesus, which I actually think is really healthy, but in the future, you know, and I think, I think I would classify some of my very special altar calls as rededications, 
But some of them, I was on my knees, genuinely trying to cover my bases with hell and stuff, um, hoping that I wasn't going to like burn if I died tomorrow. So mm-hmm. can't quite remember what you asked me. Is that, did I answer your question? To or? define asking Jesus in your heart and what mm-hmm. you think about it today. Do you think that at the time you thought, once I pray this prayer, then I'm good. I won't sin anymore. I won't struggle with sin. No. Okay. Not the first time. Well, no, I didn't. I just, it just felt more like a, like just a sweet gift. Like, I don't, I don't think I was old enough. Interesting to, to think like sin wasn't part of the no, conversation. It wasn't. Interesting. It wasn't. I know. And I don't necessarily know that it always, always needs to be like, if we're, hmm. I don't think fear should come before love. Um, mm. And I don't think fear is what captivates people and makes them desire God. I think I think love is actually what makes us want to repent versus we repent so we can love. Mm. I feel like that's something I need to think more about today, mm. you know? Yeah, well, that I think that is how I think about it today. Like, I, I don't think that salvation is a one and done. You pray this prayer and you're set and you can live however you want. But I do think if there's a genuine moment or even if there's not a moment, even if there's just a conscious choice to like partner with God and surrender mm-hmm. your will to his and love him and learn to live in his kingdom, then I think that's what being saved is. I don't necessarily think it's this did you sign this form in mm-hmm. cursive mm-hmm. kind of thing with a blue know? pen with a um, blue pen well i mean if you think marriage is meant to be marriage on earth is meant to be a glimpse of heaven mm-hmm. and a glimpse of our relationship with god you know my husband and i agreed and we committed that no matter what mm-hmm. we're going to work things out right and in the beginning it was really easy and over time it becomes less easy sometimes but we make that choice again and Mm -hmm. again. And it's, we apologize to each other because we love each other. Right. Not because you're, it shouldn't be because you're afraid of each other and afraid that you're going to lose the relationship Mm. if you don't apologize. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good way to say that. Were you going to say something else about asking Jesus in your heart? Or do you think you covered all your bases with that? I feel like you were about to say Um, something and then something happened. Thank you for your kindness. I don't (laughs) know. I feel I feel like I could go on forever because for some people, I do think there's a clear moment of, I once believed this, now I believe this. And then for other people, I think there are genuinely people who have grown up in Christianity, in the church, in a Christian home who adopt the way of Jesus almost without knowing it. Like it's just the air they breathe. And they stay committed to Jesus their whole lives. And I would say like, even if they didn't have this conscious moment of now I want to follow Jesus, I would say that they're safe too, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's kind of hard to say you pray this prayer. Like, I don't think that covers everybody's story. Do you? Mm -hmm. I think about the thing that came to mind while you were saying that is Mm -hmm. the pastor of the church that we visited when we were in college who grew up Christian. And I remember him saying something like, He grew up Christian. And then when he realized he needed Jesus, he knew where to find him. Ooh, that's Mm -hmm. beautiful. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I think no matter what your story is, resentment can, you know, very quickly rear its ugly head. So you could grow up Christian and say like, ugh, you know, this stuff has been around me. I've been in this Mm -hmm. my entire life. I never had a chance to like see what the world (laughs) is, whatever. And here I am Catholic or I was, Mm -hmm. you know. 
And I, I say that with the assumption that I had at the time, which was like, that was not Christian, which really, if you're just like side note, if you're like actually Catholic, like actually committed, then you are a Christian, but a lot of people are just nominally Catholic. You know, I just feel like I need to say that just like you could say, you you could say that about any religion. Like, yeah, you need to define what it means to be Catholic. Just Mm -hmm. getting your kid baptized doesn't automatically make you Catholic, whatever doing the sign of the cross. Anyway, I don't even remember where I was going with that because I was so caught up in mm-hmm. our Catholics Christians. <laughs> well, I think I actually think that's really important though. Oh, you were talking about the our pastor, our college pastor saying Yeah, that okay, thank you. That yeah. I'm on the other mm-hmm. side, that I I looked at it as like I didn't grow up in the church, which is, you know, to be debated. I touched on that. Let me not jump into that rabbit hole again. And I was resentful of my upbringing. So I think no matter where you're coming from, it's easy to be resentful of it. And I had a friend one time, I wish I could remember exactly what she said to me, but just something along the lines of like looking at the life God has given you as a gift Mm. and seeing it as, as maybe a unique gift that there have been times in my life that I looked back and I was thinking, I wish I had grown up reading the Bible. I wish I had grown up with spiritual mentors. I wish I had grown up in a quote unquote, I'm sorry, (laughs) not Catholic in a quote unquote Christian home. And I remember my friend saying to me, well, you didn't, but that is the life God gave you. And so learn to appreciate that and see, you know, sometimes he shows us why he gave us something in particular. Mm -hmm. Um, So kind of learn to, to look for the why behind it rather than Mm -hmm. just be bitter about it. Thank you. I think no one gets this beautiful, perfect gospel presentation because everyone who presents the gospel is human. And so we will always be failed by other Christians as we grow and are shaped. And so, yeah, it's easy to have resentment, but also I think gratitude is important too, because without my Sunday school teacher, I wouldn't, I don't know that I would be in the place where I am. And also without the toxic church, I wouldn't know what salvation is not. Well, we've covered a lot of ground already, and I feel like we have a lot more we can talk about. So is it okay if we just like put a pin in it and maybe take that pin out and we can be like that, the neck of the balloon that makes it really obnoxious Mm -hmm. as it's letting out its air and we can, that can be us next time. Yeah. Hallelujah. Let's do that. Okay. See ya. (laughs) See ya. Until next time, WWJD. He would wait for the next episode. He would wait for the next episode. With and he would listen. Breath.